it's it's simple but it's not easy right and that is when i look back on my fitness journey like the the steps that it takes to lose weight and get your life back are relatively simple right if you do a b and c x y and z is going to happen but that doesn't make it easy Hey everybody, it's Coach Charlie. Welcome or welcome back to the Building Better People podcast brought to you by BoomFit. Thanks for listening today. And at the end of this episode, please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast if you aren't already. But more importantly, I hope the following interview inspires you to take the next step in your fitness journey. Enjoy. My name is Tyler Stillwell. I'm 26 for 11 more days and then I will be an older man I'll be 27 Uh, I came to College Station in 2011 to come to Texas A&M and ended up sticking around in town because I loved it here so you were born in 1993 1993 does that make you a millennial I think I think technically it does (laughs) I really kind of avoid looking at it um and i'm an eight on the enneagram so if anyone is familiar with the enneagram so you want to debate oh yeah i I love a good good debate that's your love language yeah oh it is and (laughs) like when it comes to coronavirus uh some of my friends we were talking about it the other day and i was like i want the coronavirus coronavirus like give it to me like i'll prove that it's not a big deal i don't even care like it's just the flu i'll be sick for a few days and uh, all my friends were like, you're totally an eight. I'm definitely a challenger, yeah. a debater, yeah. without a doubt. So, and, and Man, I'll say this. So I, I had very minimal knowledge of the Enneagram. Yeah. I had heard a lot about it. And then I read the book, The Road Back to You. Okay. A Road Back to You. I haven't or, read it, but it's been recommended oh to me. Oh, my you. goodness. It, it was awesome. Alicia was doing it with a small group. And, you know, I I just, you know, I like to kind of keep up with what she's doing. And so I was like, I'm going to read the book just so we have something to kind of talk about. And I know what they're talking about. And I'd heard of the Enneagram. So probably no shocker to you. I'm a three. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I test a little bit as a three. Yeah. But way more as an eight. So yeah, Yeah. I could totally see the three. But what I love, I'll tell you this, because I've done the disc profile and it was very eye-opening to me. Mm. Um, I've actually done the, uh, you know, the, um, what is the one that y'all do over at Legal Monkeys and... The the flipping profile? Flipping profile. Yep. Uh I've done that. And a long time ago, Danny and Jonathan uh, had me do that. And, And so I have been exposed to this idea of like self reflection and understanding your personality mm-hmm. and how you tick. What I loved about the Enneagram was that I never thought of this, that there's a version of you in a spiritually healthy state and a version of you in a spiritually unhealthy state. Oh yeah. And that really dictates the profile, right? The personality, mm-hmm. right? There's a healthy eight and there's an unhealthy eight. Right. And I never thought like in a D, for example, for the disc i never thought oh you know you can be a healthy d or an unhealthy d mm-hmm. it's just like i thought oh you're a d right, right. you're a high i you're and so i love i love that and then number two i loved that there was um a specific sin associated with each number mm-hmm. like again in a disc profile and a flip you know there's not like hey because you're this right yeah. you're more likely to do this <laughs> yeah. right in in a negative state and I love how the Enneagram, I, it was just very, for me, 
very eye-opening in that way yeah no that's super intriguing i've never thought about it like that and you know uh, and this fits into being an eight i the enneagram intrigues me but i hate it all at the same time because you know everybody's into it and so i'm like man that's dumb like stop letting these numbers define you I'm not an eight, but I'm totally an eight by saying that. So, okay. so, so I'll say this, and then we'll we'll shift because I know we, we have more to talk about oh, in yeah. the enneagram. But I could, yeah. So, I told Alicia this. They start the book with the eight, hmm. right? Like, who starts with an eight? You start with a one, then you go to two. They start right. with an eight, and I said, you know why they start with an eight? Because the eights think exactly like you just yeah. said, and they're like, she's like, I gotta show them. First, because they're not going to read my book. No, I wouldn't. They're, they're going to stop. But if I can show them in the first couple chapters that, hey, I have some insight for you eights who don't want to read this. Exactly. I will hook you early. Right. And then you will continue to read. So that, that was my to an eight. That you, it does, and that was my that was my hypothesis and theory as to why she started or he whoever wrote the book started with an eight comparatively to a one. Yeah. Because the eights would think exactly like you. And I'm not afraid to stop a book if I. <laughs> If I feel like I know the direction it's going and it's like, you know, I already get the point, whatever, whatever, I'll, I'll literally go, you know, look up the end and be like, okay, yep, this is where the book heads. I don't need to waste yeah. my time reading these other 150 pages. So that is totally me. There you go. All absolutely. right, man. Well, Tyler, thanks for joining me. You just got a great workout with Kyle. I did. I did. Um, you do private training I with do. Kyle. Tell me a little bit about how that started and, and your relationship with Kyle. Oh, man. So I, um, I was... This this will pick up about halfway through my fitness journey, but I had some life circumstances change, and all of a sudden, I um, I had some more money to spend, and so I was like, <laughs> sweet. Well, now that I've freed up some cash, uh, let's spend it on a gym membership. And so I was the biggest CrossFit hater in the world, probably being an eight. There you I go. Had something to do with it. And it was a Friday. I just so happened to be going to do legs, and a buddy was like, hey man, the workout. You know, it's pretty leg heavy. Just come with me. It's free friend Friday. So this was over at CrossFit Obey and I went and I loved it and it was awesome and it was phenomenal and I got hooked and so I met Kyle at CrossFit Obey and um, about a year and a half in um, through some stupid decisions on my own, I, I got hurt and I wouldn't say hurt, but I just, um, I needed something more than classes and so I needed some personal training. So I came to Kyle and said, hey, man, let's do this. And so... Um, How old were you? At that point, I was 25. Okay, 25. so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to highlight this. So I, I've been a personal trainer for 17 years. And you said something early on that, hey, it's expensive, right? Like that's yeah. what you alluded to, right? You had yeah. some money to spend. And so I, I, I find it to be fascinating that a 25-year-old, you know, made a mature decision to hire a personal mm -hmm. trainer... Um, it's almost like a 22 year old, 23 year old paying for their own therapist, right? Like, mm, yeah, it's just not something that you find people doing at a young age. Mm. So how did you first and foremost justify the cost? Because it's not cheap. Yeah. And why did you choose private training over CrossFit? You alluded a little bit to the injury, yeah. but give me a little bit more into those two things. So I'll touch real quick on the why I decided to start doing personal training. For me, it was a couple things. One, it was I knew I kind of started to feel, not by any doings of any coaches, but I kind of started to feel like a little bit of a burden in classes because I needed and I wanted some more attention. And I wanted to 
like, hey, man, I feel like this, and I feel like, you know, and there were all these little things and that I felt like I needed beyond what the class could provide. The classes are great, and I love the classes, and, and um, so th- no issues with that, but I just felt like I needed something a little bit extra. And so th- the w- the decision to start looking for training again, because I had trained before in the past, was because hey, I, I need it is one part of it. And the other part was there's something about exchanging money for something that makes you more accountable and i know that that sounds crazy but you know if i if if i wasn't paying for my training it'd be a whole lot easier to go eat donuts after this i know that sounds crazy and that you would think you're not going to do that go work out and then eat donuts but it's just it's a mindset right like i'm spending good money well it's like a 27 year old sitting in a a freshman or sophomore history class Mm. who's paying for their own college right because they didn't get the opportunity at 18 or 19 right and they've spent personal money for the textbooks for the tuition Oh yeah, and they're taking notes, and they're not late to class, and they're you know as opposed to the freshman or sophomore, right? Who is taking it for granted, not even oh, yeah. paying attention, nothing. You know what I mean? I get it. Yeah, that's a really good analogy. And there's nobody that works harder in classes than a, than adult learners. That's golly, that's true. Um, but as far as why, like I made the decision to even start spending because there's a, a big difference in CrossFit membership and and training, no matter where you go. Yeah, and Man, that's a really emotionally packed uh, question and answer for me. So I really, for me, it, I think maybe one of the reasons why it was easier for me is because I know what it's like to weigh 500 pounds. And I, from an early age, knew that I wanted a family and that I wanted kids. And I just have had this deep conviction that like for I do not want my parents to have to bury me. I do not want my wife to not have a husband, my future wife, and I don't want my kids to not have a dad. And I want to know my grandchildren and I want to be able to play with my grandchildren. I don't want to have to watch them and get videos them from you know, get videos of my grandchildren when I'm in the nursing home because somebody's young gonna take were care you of me. when you started having those thoughts. That I wanted to have a family early. All of the thoughts that you just said. Um, Those are mature thoughts. Nineteen twenty is when I really started to wrestle. And how much did you weigh? At that point, I had already started to lose some weight. So, so what was the peak height of? I was four seventy eight point eight. At at what age? Eighteen. So, like, give me a little bit of how you got there. Man, I just ate like I, and even to this day. Like, you know when normal people get full? Like, I really don't feel satisfied with food almost until I get miserable. I know that sounds crazy, but it's like my bre- Like, I still want to taste more and to... I don't like the feeling of hurting. That's How not what I'm saying. How much do you weigh today? 241.4 as of an hour and a half ago. So... Half. You literally half of yeah. what you weighed, uh, I guess, 10 years ago. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Which is crazy. Okay, so you talk a little bit about you don't feel satisfied until you're like stuffed beyond. Oh yeah, like, it's it's 
It's impressive how much I can eat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that sounds weird, but like, no, I, I mean, I, I, so okay, you, you and we. It's not about me. It's going to be about you. But I'll share this. Like, I have a huge appetite. Like, mm-hmm. I grew up over. I mean, I was a big eater. I'm not. I wasn't 470 pounds, but I was a big eater. I, you know, when I was nine years old, I'd eat ten tacos from Taco Bell. Yeah. You know, my grandparents had a, a farm in uh, Guatemala, and I'd eat. They had peanuts, and I'd eat a whole bag of peanuts until I puked. And so I know that feeling. And when I first learned, this was so silly. I was like, I think I was like 17 when I heard what a tapeworm was. I was like, I think I go, I think I have a tapeworm. Yeah. (laughs) Because I can't, I mean, I can't stop. Right. So I get it. And so talk a little bit about you in your childhood. Like, was there never any, you obviously didn't have the, the, I don't want to say this in a negative way, but influence or leadership to tell you to stop. Yeah. You know, I did, and I did, but I I didn't. I think something I've been really conscious of is I never wanted to, nobody ever shoved food in my mouth or forced me to eat and weigh 480 pounds, right? And so one of the things early on is I, I, I did this self-reflection. I was like, hey, man, how did this happen? And I had to take control of the situation really on and... I think it would be really natural for me to blame it on my family, right? To blame it on my parents. But I never really struggled with that. Like there was never ever any resentment or frustration towards my parents. What or, was it that you what was it that you can look now at a twenty seven, almost twenty eight, don't have kids yet, but hope to? What were some things that maybe were okay for you that you won't allow for your kids to do? And think of it more for a person listening who has you as a, a kid. Yeah. You know, who, who has a child that's either 11 or 5 or 16, mm-hmm. right? And, and they, you know, the last thing that you ever want is for a 17, 18, 19-year-old or anyone to get to a 470-pound body. Yeah. I think that's a hard question to answer. I think the, the biggest thing that I would do, that I will do differently is... I'll just, I'll model it and I'll live it differently. And, you know, it, both my parents were teachers and coaches. Dad was athletic director. Mom was teacher and coach as well. And so our life was just crazy. And it just, my parents are not grossly overweight. Like they're like most of us Americans, we could all lose 20 or 30 pounds, you know. Um, But it, they just, they didn't work out. We, had to eat what was convenient often. And so I think for me, it just has to be, I have to model it differently. I think, and I love the answer, right? I, I grew up in a very, like I, I say, I mean, a, a loving home. My parents oh, yeah. were very loving, but they didn't model that. And, and I don't blame them for it. No. And, I, and I'm grateful, right? Like I love my parents. Um, but we ate a lot of McDonald's. Mm. We ate a lot of fast food. Um, you know, we, I remember being young and we'd get four pizzas, right? One for my dad, one for me, one for my, each of my brothers, mm-hmm. you know, and little Caesars. It was just, it was all about it. We would be set up to overeat. There was no modeling. And now having kids of my own, I mean, there's a mindfulness, right? Like there's, my kids haven't drank a soda before, mm. you know, they don't. And I had, I mean, I was a senior in high school drinking six Cokes a day. Wow. And, you know, with, of course, zero, yeah. you know, the only reason I couldn't drink a soda growing up is because they were expensive. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Not because they had 38 <laughs> grams of sugar. Right. So I love that, you know, you're building that in your 
habits today. Mm-hmm. And so, okay, so you get up through just time, right? Progression. Was yeah. it like a you hit 200 at one age, 250? Were you weighing yourself? Like I the so there's a few, really there's only a few monumental numbers for me in the climb. Uh, I was 324 as a freshman. High school. Yeah. So if you do the math, it means I put on 150 pounds in three years. Um, you know, from the time I was a freshman to the time I was a senior. So those are really the – I know what I was in, when I was a freshman, and then I know what I was um, when I graduated high school. But those are really the only Where two were you at high school graduation? The 470? 478, 8, yeah. Okay, so you come to A&M, mm-hmm. and you are feeling already those what I call very mature um, – thoughts mm-hmm. of uh, you know i want a, a family one day and i don't want my parents to bury me mm-hmm. and you're thinking about that in college not every day right, right. but there's moments of passing what did you do anything about that in, in college well so I, I gotta back up a little bit so i graduated high school it was the summer in between high school and college you know the golden summer where there's nothing going on and you're figuring out life and I remember my dad calling me, and I've you know seen my dad get emotional two or three times in his life. It just doesn't happen very often. My dad's a football coach, right? So it's not very often. And I remember my dad calling me one day on the way home from work, and I could just hear it in his voice, and he was super emotional. And he just said, you know, hey, I love you and I care about you, and I wouldn't be a good dad if I didn't tell you that I was worried about you, and I don't want you to die. And so we just had a very serious heart to heart in that moment. And he was like, you know, you figure it out and I'll take care of it. I'll help. I'll pay. Like, what do I need to do? So it went from there. And I literally, I picked up the phone and the first place that I thought of was Gold's Gym. And I called Gold's and the following day, I drove down here, met with a trainer, bought a bunch of sessions and moved out of my house two days later to come down here and start working out. So I moved into college six weeks early just to start working out. And so it, it, this has been a part of my journey from the very beginning of college. When you started with that trainer, um, I could not, and I distinctly remember this and this is why I wish I would have some written down some more wins. I distinctly remember, like, I couldn't walk inside of the treadmill. Like, I had, my arms had to be outside of the treadmill because they could, like, you know, the rails on a treadmill. Like, I, I had to, I, I couldn't, my whole body couldn't fit in there. And I, I remember the first time that I could do that and how incredible I felt. I remember the first time that I didn't have to ask the hostess to not put us in a booth. You know, crazy stuff like like you just don't even think of when you're at a healthy weight. Now, tell me this. You know, before we started recording, we talked about like the little wins and the focused on um, just the positive thinking and positive mm-hmm. thoughts, right? Associated with or, or comparatively to the negative thoughts. So, like, how has that factored into your journey and like? going to the gym and not being able to do a lot of things. And I think a lot of people listening can relate, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. even though they're not, they're maybe not at four, or maybe there's somebody listening that's 475 pounds, but even if you're not 475 pounds, you come into a CrossFit class or you come into a personal training experience and it's like, all right, I need you to jump on that box. Oh yeah. Or step up or, and you're like, again, little negative thought. I can't, you know, I need you to, run a, a, a 400 oh my gosh yeah uh, no i can't like 
the compounding effect of that. So what are, you know, for you in that season, how'd you keep going? Well, so the first time around and and I'll, to get to your answer, I'm going to talk a little bit about the first half of my fitness journey. So I came down to work out. I lost a bunch of weight. I actually got down to, um, in about two and a half, three years, got down to 232. At Golds. Yeah, yeah, at Golds. Yeah, with a trainer, like totally changed my life. It, it was great. But I, a lot of life circumstances happened, and I ballooned back up. And this was, so when I talked about starting CrossFit, which is where I met Kyle, I had ballooned back up to 377. So 475 to 232. 478.8. 478.8 to yeah. 232 in three years. Yeah. So yeah, you're yeah. 21 years old. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. How, so get, let's hang out there for a second. Like, yeah. what were you thinking? Were you like... Well, I got complacent, and I got... But how I did was, it feel when you were 230 pounds? Oh, like I could conquer the world. I mean, it was it was nuts. Like, I, I, I felt like I had a whole other life. It was absolutely insane. I felt like a whole different person. And what? how did you do that? I just... Worked out and ate right. Like How there many was days gonna, a week? Uh, I would work out. I would train and lift three days a week, and then I would get on a treadmill for you know probably a total of four to five hours at most a week. But nothing like nothing crazy. Like I was just what very type consistent. Of nutritional changes. I ate right. I ate. I ate a pretty low calorie diet. I was around sixteen hundred calories and just. Not so much any uh, macro specific, but just really focused the whole on the three calories. years with the trainer. Mm-hmm. Yep. So this guy had to be like amazing in your life. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It was it was awesome. So it, it was like mind blowing. Like this this was this guy hung the moon for me. As what a, did as your dad say and your mom? Or- oh, I mean, they were just so proud. Like, and it you know every time I would come home and all of our friends would be over, everybody was just like, like. My favorite thing is when I would go back and see teachers and they wouldn't know who I was. They would literally have like no idea. What percentage of credit? Okay, there's 100%. Obviously, you did it. Hmm. You were the physical executor of the tasks. Right. What percentage of the 100% of the accomplishment of losing 150 pounds would you give to that trainer and that relationship and that accountability? I'm only going to say this number so that everyone knows because I want people to hear it. It was 250. Or, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it was 478 to... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, 230. Oh, yeah, dude. That's 250. Yeah, yeah. Okay, correction. Uh, I only want people to know that it's possible. Not that I want the credit for it. Thank you for correcting um, me because that's a 100-pound difference. That's like like calling something $100,000 comparatively to like $300,000. Which is a big difference. (laughs) Okay, so... Um, what percentage of losing 250 pounds, of course, of you doing 100% of the physical actual work, but there's a, a relationship that we cannot deny that existed right, yeah. that was a huge, yeah. I don't want to say, I don't want to put thoughts and numbers in your head, but it was a, it, obviously, you know, this guy helped. Oh, yeah. But I want to know from your end, what percentage credit do you give him of the 100% of the accomplishment? I've never thought about that. And I ponder a lot of things, and I've never thought about that. I know this. I will say the role of a trainer in that type of relationship in general 
it's really hard to quantify. You know, I, I honestly lean towards a really high number and discounting all the decisions and choices that I had to made that I have that I've had to make to get here. I mean, my like off the cuff, I'd be like, oh, 80, 90 percent. Which it sounds crazy because, you know, I'm the one that's doing the work and, and having to say no to cheesecake, which I think they serve cheesecake in heaven. So uh, <laughs> at least I hope so. And, and, you know, man, I mean, again, it's it's your journey, your your perspective mm-hmm. um, from a trainer. Right. Yeah. We And I'll say for me, like, I don't I don't take credit for my client's success. Mm. Right, and I, I honestly tell them, look, you're gonna do ninety nine percent of this thing, but hearing your journey, man, I, I'm almost, I, I'm, I'm listening to you, and I'm trying to listen from a non trainer. I'm just a, I'm just a friend. I'm just uh, hearing your story, and I'm like, this guy was a huge part of this, right? Mm-hmm. And and so you know, eighty to ninety percent is probably. I mean, prior to him, there was no. Nothing, right? Not, not a- and and I think if if I can encourage trainers who might be listening, right? If I can encourage people who are considering hiring a personal trainer, you don't. And I tell the people this that I meet with every day: like you don't hold yourself accountable. You don't know how. It's not yeah. possible. Yeah, you can't ask yourself. You know, uh, like what did you eat today? Right. Exactly. <laughs> you yeah. know. And so that trainer, and it's so cool because that trainer is is just doing what he does. Right. He's not like, okay, I've got this very special case. No. Like, right, no. Tyler coming in at 475 is no no different than my, you know, let's say you worked out at 6 a.m. is no different than my 5 a.m. who comes in at 225. Right, like, yeah. I'm just here. I'm I'm serving, right? Like a good, and, and I'm talking about great trainers, right? So mm-hmm. I'm talking about world-class trainers, right? I'm talking about people who take their job serious. I'm people talking about, that are in it for the right reasons. I'm talking about in it, correct. I'm talking yeah. about professionals who are in it for the right reasons. Um, they serve people, mm-hmm. right? And they recognize, you know, I tell people that when you're my client, there is no one in your life who wants you to be healthier more than I do. Mm-hmm. And I'm that's my number one purpose for being in your life. Now, I build relationships with my clients like you and Kyle have, mm-hmm. and you know we become friends, but I don't lose for a second the realization that my job is to make that person healthier. Right. Yep. And so I feel like, man, this guy, I mean, did a great... I mean, obviously, you had to do it, right? You had yeah. to show up. You had to resist cheesecake. You mm-hmm. had to do all those things. But I think 250 pounds is amazing. Yeah, it's... I. I can't speak to the role enough. And and I think it's different for everybody. You know, I have a lot of friends that have never hired a trainer and, and they're in great shape. And so, you know, tr- personal training is not for everybody. I think it can be for everybody, but it, it, you know, it depends on your fitness goals and it depends what you need and it depends on your personality type. And, but I, I can't, I can't state how much the, the role of, did your of dad pay for it? Yeah. So they paid for what I did at golds. Most of it, uh, towards the back half of it, we were splitting it, and then I was paying for a little bit more. But they as, col- as a college student, yeah, I was working full time. Um, and now my parents were helping with school too, yeah. and, and they had been really diligent to save. So. How did they make that shift of paying for it hundred percent to having you pay partial? I wanted to. So i I wanted to to not because I felt this need to distance myself from my parents at all. 
But I wanted, I, I think I was very fortunate to early on realize how blessed and lucky I was to be in the situations that I was in. And I didn't want to take any more from my parents than I had to. And so I wanted to be financially independent as early on as possible. And again, not so that I could say, look at me, but I, I just wanted to stop bleeding my parents dry, right? You know, they're parents and they're happy to do it. And I'm 26 years old and my parents, when they come to town, will still say, hey, do you need anything from the grocery store? And if I need something, I'll let them buy me, you know, some eggs or whatever. But uh, because did, they're, they're, did you take the training and not to cut, I'm sorry, cut no, no, you no, off. no, yeah, sent your parents sound amazing, you know, and not to cut you off, but did you take your training any more serious when you paid for it at that age? For a, a time I did. Yeah. And then when I started my climb back up, I trained for a half marathon and I got hurt and it was this weird, I was at that weird time. So this side of my life, my weight loss and my health was doing great, but I had this whole other um, aspect of my life at school, my spiritual life, my mental health. I was in a really poor place. And Even though you had lost 250 pounds. Yeah, which sounds crazy. And so I want everybody to know that too. doesn't matter how much you weigh. You can lose all the weight in the world. It, it, losing weight doesn't make you happy, right? And I think I struggled with that because I was actually... I, I struggled with being upset and depressed more in my when I was in the 220, 230, 240 range than I ever did when I was in my 400s. Like I was, I was a happy fat kid, right? Like I, I remember thinking back, like I, like I knew I was overweight, but I felt no, very little shame, very little. Like I was happy, and so about halfway through college, life got rough. You know how college is. It's just there's a thousand different angles. There's friend drama there's girl drama there's class drama i was working full-time i was volunteering i was super involved in the church i just was really honestly pulled in too many directions and so then i, I put a lot of weight back on through the end of college the back half of college did you stop training with the guy i did yeah yeah i had already put some weight back on um but i got frustrated i felt like i got stuck in the 230s and just kind of like it was a culmination of things and i I just stopped doing it. So I would go work out on my own, but it it definitely didn't help the situation that I had stopped training. I had already started putting weight back on, but I knew I was like, I'm just, I got to, at that time I was like, I got to stop spending money on this because I'm going the wrong direction, which sounds crazy, but it just it was this weird rut of I'm paying money but I'm gaining weight what's wrong and then I just freaked out and looking balked. at it now why why did I gain weight or why yeah like right yeah. now you're you're ahead of it right so you can reflect and you can yeah what you just said right so the the uh, you know I'm spending money but I'm gaining weight and I think clients hang out sometimes I mean even if they're not personal training but maybe they're members of a crossfit gym right or maybe they're part of another micro gym mm -hmm. and so but when you look at it now you were working out three days a week with this guy who had you know been your trainer for three years mm -hmm. helped you lose 250 pounds or coached you through that and now you look back and you say okay well i i was doing 
in my, you know, my, from my perspective right now, you're doing the same thing you were doing for three years. Why did you start gaining weight? Yeah. So it, with in the same constant uh, schedule and accountability. Right. <coughs> a couple things. One, it was this weird combination of I was at a low weight. I was healthier than I'd ever been. Um, I was having more fun in life, just in general than I had ever been having and I got complacent and I wanted to spend my money on other stuff and it's a it's weird to think back on making that decision but man college is rough and I I can't say that enough and I, I think that there were so many stress points in my life that I just broke and I really I think that I'm actually as crazy as this sounds because I had to go through the process of I put 140 pounds back on. You know, when I started doing CrossFit, I literally couldn't jump on a kilo plate at all. Like that was a win. I remember the first time I did that, and I thought I was gonna burn the building down. By the way, if I get my first muscle up here, I hope you have good insurance because it's <laughs> this place is coming down. Um, we better get it on film. Yeah. Oh, we. Yeah, that'll be that'll be a heck of a day. But. When you get your first muscle, it, it's gonna happen. So I, I'm actually I'm thankful for. I know that sounds weird and that sounds hokey, and I used to hear people say things like that about terrible situations and think they were full of crap. But that's, I'm, that's the eight in you. Yes, it is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> but I, I'm I'm incredibly thankful for it because the first time around when I lost weight, I wasn't in a healthy mental place. I honestly was addicted and not in a good way. But I was addicted to losing weight, like in an addicted to the. Uh, let's see what I can do, but it wasn't a healthy addiction. I would say now I'm addicted to working out, and I'm addicted to um, making the right decisions when it comes to eating. But I've I've wrestled with so much. What does it look like to win? And now I have a way healthier view on what does it look like to win, that this now feels sustainable. But I don't think, if I had finished my journey, because I want to get to 178.8 is an ideal weight, as a goal. I want to touch it at some point because I want to say I've lost 300 pounds. And if I had gotten there the first time around, I'd, I think I would have put all my weight back on. Maybe even heavier than 478.8, which sounds mind-boggling, but I'm telling you, I wasn't in a healthy mental, mental place. And this now and the way that I work out and the way that I eat and the way that I have a healthy relationship with food, I can do for the rest of my life. Man, I, and there's a time to be crazy diligent and there's a time to be, don't even look at a French fry. But I mean, I was so ridiculously ruthless to myself about how I ate the first time around that I just beat myself down and I destroyed my willpower, my willpower, that muscle. I just beat it down because I would, I never, ever, 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 ever let myself for two years enjoy anything. I mean, it was chicken and broccoli, turkey and broccoli, like the miserable life, which there, and you know, there are times to do that. Don't get me wrong. And I still do that some, but you know, Dang it, if, if I want to, you know, and treating myself looks a little bit different, but, you know, if, if I want to go to Roadhouse and get a grilled chicken salad with no tomato, no egg, and no onion, like, I'm going to do it, you know? 
And uh, I have a much healthier relationship with food and the gym now this time around. And so, yeah, I, so, so I know that's a it, lot. No, but, no, it is. But let's talk about the climb. So was it, how long did it take you to gain that 100 you went from 240, you said? 230? 232.7. Sorry, 232.8 was my lowest that I ever got to. And then up to? 370, 371.8 around okay. there. Yeah, and yeah, that yeah. was in how long? Oh, quick. Honestly, I mean like two years, two and a half years. I'm, there are, I always tell people, I am... There are a couple things that I think I'm decent at in life, and one of them is putting on weight. Like, <laughs> like I, I'm phenomenal at it. It's, it's, your, it's, it's your gift. It's my spiritual gift. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's putting on weight. I've never struggled with it, so I can I can put it on real quick. What what did you know? Two and a half, two years. Was it? Did you monitor that? Were you getting on the scale every now and then? Were no, it's actually like, funny. If I so I've been using my fitness pal. I actually got my email. It said for nine years. I got it like yesterday or something but there's a massive like nine month gap and you can see several big gaps because i've been i log my weight daily and i there are big gaps and you can just see it's like up 20 pounds up 35 pounds up 30 pounds were like, you just like i don't care i don't really were you depressed were you i was depressed and i just felt stuck and i felt like a loser and i was ashamed because Hey, Tyler changed his life. Tyler lost all this weight. Look at him. Like, you know, he's, there were people who like looked up to me and who were proud of me. And then, so it was a very gradual, um, destructive path, but it just, it got worse and worse and worse. And I just would beat myself up and combined with feeling like I was depressed. It was, would you call it addiction to food? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I love food. Food's great. I love the way it tastes. And then to add, to comment on that, you know, um, let's just take somebody who's in addicted to anything, mm-hmm. so, you know, unhealthy substance abuse. How do you think now, what's the approach to people that are in, in, in an unhealthy pattern to help them get out? Because you probably have people that loved you, people that you know yeah. wanted to support you, but you're in this very destructive pattern, like you call it, with addiction and food, and you know, is there anything anyone could have done to help you differently? It's a hard question because of my personality type and something that I've begin to understand and I actually I think this is true for everybody when it comes to breaking any addiction or achieving any milestone that you have set for yourself you have to be the person in the world that wants it the most and until the first time around that wasn't me I think my parents and my family and my friends wanted it worse for me than I wanted it it was just frankly I know this is going to sound crazy the first time around it was easy like if you've ever gone from eating 5,000 calories a day to 1,600 calories a day, you're going to be a little hungry, but the weight is just going to fall off. I lost like 75 pounds in three months, right? And so it just became this frenzy of like, look what's look what's happening. Um, but this time around, like I there, I'll get emotional if I start talking about how bad I want it. And until it becomes important to you, it doesn't. You know, people can try to help. People can try to help me, but 
I was going to do what I wanted to do, right? Like it, if I got off the rails, you can't stop me from going to Whataburger, you know, especially now I'm 26. Like I, if I want to go eat a half gallon of ice cream, I'm going to do it, right? And so it had to become something that was deeply embedded in my, in what I wanted. Where, how did that shift? I think I was fortunate enough to, in a short time span, in the span of three and a half years, go from weighing 232.8 to 370, back in the 370s. And I got to feel that stark contrast. And I felt the high, and then I felt the low. And for me, I, I just... I just remember when it, it just it clicked. And I it was not long after I had done one of my first wads. I was just I I was running the warm up lap and I told myself, I was like, okay, like this is it. And literally I haven't like Just I, in that moment. L- just in that moment. Like I just decided I had a very like a heart to heart with myself and I said, Hey, because I was miserable. I don't know if you've ever tried to run at three in your three seventies, but it's not fun. And I, you know, my, I have a book, it's called you can be fit. And in the opening chapter, you know, I share my story, but I had a very similar moment when I shifted at 18, you know, mm. and it was, I, I, I just took a shower. Something I did every day. Yeah. I came out and looked in the mirror and I was done. I was like, Nope, this is, this is not, I'm not, this is, I'm done. I'm just mm-hmm. gonna, and I didn't know what to do, but I went out and I measured two miles in my neighborhood with my car and I attempted a two mile run. And so when I, in my book, I give seven strategies for taking your life back. Cause essentially that's what you did. Yeah. Right? You yeah. took your life back. Your life was literally given to someone else other than you. And you mm-hmm. were just on that ride. And I think the number one strategy, right? The first one that I just, I talk about is mentally committing. Oh yeah. And that's exactly what you did in that moment on that run. You just mentally committed. So what in that moment, like, cause I think there's a, a next strategy, which, you know, for me is setting goals and making sure they're realistic. And so how did you go from mentally committing in that run to execution? Cause a thought happens every day, right? Somebody can mentally commit and then mentally decommit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. But that one was meaningful for you. Right. I, so I had already made a decision to join the gym, um, to join Obey, and I'm glad that I made that decision, you know, a few days after joining, and um, I sat down and had a conversation with Kate, and it, it started to click, and I, I started to feel, I remember sitting down in that conversation, and I let myself mourn and deal with what it was that I'd just gone through, gaining all this weight back, Right. And that really kind of started to help my healing process, which I think led to that moment where I was like, you know what, like I can do this. I've done it before. I can do this. Here we go. But to answer your question, how do I execute? I I've, have a lot of family and friends. I have a phenomenal group of friends here in College Station and community that care about me and that are not afraid. Even as an eight, there are people that I've let in that can be like, hey, you're being a fatty, right? I know that sounds mean, but as an eight, like that's what I need to be told, right? Now, if you're not one of my people and you tell me that, it's, it's, you know, uh, I'm gonna slash your, yeah, face. I'm gonna slash your tires. <laughs> but um, that was a huge piece for me. And man, I have little reminders all around me of my goals. Um, 
in different formats and in places where you know it, it wouldn't ruin my life. My password to a lot of different things is either four seven eight eight, which is my goal weight, or my goal, which is one seven eight eight. I mean, it's been the password to my house. It's been the password to my phone, to my computer, to my bills. I mean, to literally to so many different things. It's not even funny. Even like generic work email passwords, I'll tack that on the end of it because I want to constantly, even subconsciously be thinking of those things. I have in my room above my door is, I'm pretty sure it was the, it's the biggest shirt I've ever owned. It's a 4X. It actually was LSU colors because they didn't have an A&M shirt at the store that I went to. So it's an LSU Tiger shirt, but I'm class of 15, so don't tell my friends. But it, I never threw it away. And it hangs above my door in my bedroom. It's ugly. It's hideous. But every single day, that's the last thing that I see when I walk out of my room, right? And I have the biggest shorts that I've ever owned, which were 5X. Those things, we could fit in those you know, two of me and two of you could fit. I'm telling you, they are huge and they hang above my bed. And so when I go to bed and when I wake up, like they're on opposite ends of my room and I see them all the time. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's, it's funny we're going in this progression, but I think, you know, the very next thing I talk about in the book is target the flag, which is focus, right? Mm -hmm. Like you have to have something that reminds you daily of your goal, which is exactly what you're doing, right? Mm -hmm. You set this goal, I want to be 178, eight. That's, that's your goal. That's your right. big, hairy, audacious yep. goal. Right. Yep. And so, um, and now you're reminding yourself every day through a password, through a X five X shorts, t-shirt, all of those things. So when you started at obey, I'm, I've, I've got to ask this question because I've obviously I own a CrossFit gym. You're 300 78 pounds. Yeah. Somewhere in there. Three. And uh, what led you to like actually wanting to do CrossFit. So like I said, I was the biggest CrossFit hater ever. And I told Cade when we sat down, I said, I will never love CrossFit. And he just said, I don't care if you ever love CrossFit, but you know, I want to be a part of helping you change your life. And I, the reason why I stuck around was the people. It was my, it was the, the first week that I was there, the second workout I ever did. And I was naturally, cause I'm, overweight i was the last one to finish and two guys that i had never met before in my life like came and ran the last bit with me and i was just like even as an eight who pushes people away sometimes i was like man like i can't deny that's pretty freaking cool and it was there was there were felt like such a low barrier to entry in the sense that because all you hear about CrossFit is how hard it is and how dangerous it is and how i can't do burpee box jumps and i can't do muscle ups and I couldn't either. I still can't do a muscle up, right? I just now, within the last year, can now do an RX burpee, like you know, and not even do the step up standard, like the old harder standard. And so, <laughs> that was a huge win. But I, I, it was the people, and it was 